a very special announcement. The Customer Conference Europe is back in London. This is a great opportunity to meet international customer success innovators. For more information, check the link in the show notes. My next guest is Ryan Noakes. With over 10 years of experience in customer service, working with SaaS platforms, and most recently customer success and CX, Ryan was featured in a report of customer success managers to watch out for in 2022. Throughout his time in customer success, he's picked up skills in Kanban, Scrum, Agile Working, Project Management, and Delivery of Face-to-Face -face Training. He'll be telling us more about it next. Join me and let's open that toolbox. Just look back on your career and think about those key skills and your personality. And I'm sure that a lot of it will be able to transfer. One of the things is you either are or aren't that kind of type of person. And empathy is a huge part. Okay, you need to empathize with a customer. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to CSM Toolbox. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Yeah, really good. We are almost in at least the time what we are recording. This is almost March. So yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly. I think with the new year as well, just people trying to look for their next challenge, their next yeah. opportunity. So I think it's always good for us to share uh, when once we have been in that customer success role. If you could share with the audience your experience as a customer success manager, how do you manage your day-to-day -day primarily? Yeah, so I guess mine is, is quite routined, my role. I currently look after customers in both Emir and the U.S., So that structures my day quite well because, of course, I'll do my, my meetings in the morning for, for those in, in the UK and Europe and then my meetings in the afternoon for America. One thing that I've done now for a number of years, the first half an hour of every day, I, I do emails. I always make sure that I, I block that out in my diary so that I can't have any early morning meetings or anything and I, I try and focus on clearing the emails that I can straight away and then kind of flagging any that, that need prioritizing for that day. And I think talking about kind of blocking my time out, I'm very good at diary management and, and kind of task management in that, in that sense. So I tend to block my diary if it needs to be a task or if it's a particular priority for the week or, or for the day, and it's something that I need to kind of focus on, I will block that out. Yeah, and it may be that they're kind of focus times or their do not disturb hours or anything like that. Sometimes it's flexible, but I will kind of block things. In, it, regular things uh, is what I'm kind of talking about. So daily emails, weekly reports, updating trackers, all that sort of stuff that as a CSM you tend to do. I try and put these half an hour slots in every Monday or Wednesday or Friday or whatever it is. But a typical day, I guess, for me would probably look definitely customer meetings. Very, very rare do I go a full working day without. And as I said, the split kind of morning afternoon works quite nicely. I try and limit what I do. In fact, one of my kind of challenges, I guess, is to be able to get all of the information I need from a customer, debrief, maybe internally, feed that back, and then obviously prep and transition into the next meeting. 
So within this role, I've really tried to kind of make sure I've got those gaps in between so I can focus on who I'm kind of dealing with. So I tend to kind of have a few in the morning, a few in the afternoon. And most days, again, very rare that I don't, will be internal meetings. I've got really good working relationship with the rest of uh, the business and CSMs in general collaborate with our professional services, our support team, our account managers very closely. So a lot of my day is taken up on either internal meetings about a particular kind of subject or customer or general updates and and areas that I've been included because obviously I'm representing our customers or it's something that I need to kind of be aware of. So meetings, emails, the the kind of the classic is, is what would take the chunks out. And then in between I mean, it's just everything that I kind of do to to make my customers as happy as they possibly can and help them get the most out of the uh, software. So there's a lot of different things I do. I try and prioritize and and I I try and list what I need to do and stuff and and make sure that I have got gaps to have that flexibility because, of course, you never know what what, what the day throws up. I made the note here about task management organization you have listed quite a lot of what happens in a day in your week so other than organization and being able to manage different things and even just that relationship building that you also touched on externally with customers but also internally what other skills will come to mind ryan oh for for me i think One of the things that I realized, actually, when I wanted to transition into customer success, I realized that a lot of the skills that I naturally had related to customer success. So relationship management is key. I think to be able to become the trusted advisor for your customer, to be able to kind of operate in a space where people can can be honest and can trust you is golden. For me, that's that's the level I want to get to. Okay. I, I want to get to know my customers at a really deep level, understand how they operate, what kind of challenges they have and what their goals are. But I also am a human. I'm not a robot and they need to see that personal side. I'm a huge advocate for kind of LinkedIn being a platform not just professionally but for personal reasons and to kind of show that side of you and that's how I build up really good relationships because people just know that I'm not going to spin them some lie I'm going to tell them the truth and possibly tell them things that they maybe don't want to hear but that's the way that we can move forward and they trust my advice and and, and my suggestions so relationship management is key and organization task management all that sort of stuff throughout the last kind of four years that I've been in customer success i lucky enough, I guess, to have done a variety of different things within that. So I've got kind of experience in Kanban and Scrum and Agile uh, methodologies. I've been a semi-project manager. I say semi because we used to be onboarding specialists. So we were the people that would kind of deal with that customer for, for, let's say, the first three or six months, get them set up. But as part of that, we were doing face-to-face kickoffs. We were doing stakeholder management we were doing weekly status reports um and all of that was was a bit of project management stuff and then as i sort of changed paths a bit i also used to deliver face-to-face training as well so i used to go out and and do kind of five hours 15 delegates 
on the on the SaaS platform. So presenting and that confidence in speaking, again, that's that's one of my top skills that really helped me transition into customer success because a lot of our role as a CSM is to be able to present information and be able to to chair meetings and steer the conversation in a way that we can get kind of what we need out of it, a temperature check on that customer on the meeting and stuff. So being able to present, I think, is really key. So they're probably a number of, of skills that I always had. And when I looked at kind of a customer success role, I thought I'm, I'm pretty much doing a lot of what, what customer success is just in my other role. And that's actually what kind of made me transition over because I realized that there are a lot of skills that are transferable. And now kind of four years on, I'm trying to help as many people uh, that I come across on LinkedIn or, or new colleagues within the business. I've recently actually just suggested to the business that we start a buddy program. Um, and I was I was a buddy for a new colleague to welcome him into the business. But also, actually, it was his first role in CS. So I sent kind of all, all, all the material that I've got. And we, we had kind of catch ups and I shared my knowledge. And I think the message that I give a lot of people that wants to break into to customer success is that just look back on your career and think about those key skills and your personality. And I'm sure that a lot of it will be able to transfer. One of the things is you either are or aren't that kind of type of person. And empathy is a huge part. Okay, you need to empathize with a customer. You need to be able to really put yourself in their shoes and relate to what their situation is so that you can best coach them and advise them. So you've either got that or you haven't. And some things can be taught, but some things you've just naturally got. So don't be afraid if you are looking at kind of your first role within customer success. Don't be afraid uh, if you've not had that experience because you may, as a personality type, but also profession, much to your surprise, fit quite a lot of the criteria. Yeah, I think and a lot of people will have that, like looking at a job description. I think it depends a lot on personality as well. That's maybe looking at something that you think you don't match. Like you read like all of those bullet points that recruiters and companies love to have and acronyms and systems and you need to use uh, Salesforce and the CRM, this or CRM. And it's like, I just don't know. And, but I think as you said, and I'll link your YouTube channel as well in the show notes, but you refer as well to many different things that people will do, even just straight out of university, like things customer facing a lot of educators or people from many different industries basically trying to make this transition to customer success or even to a tech environment. It doesn't necessarily need to be a CS role. And something that you mentioned other than empathy, which it's something that definitely will be key. I think it's that trust that you build with your customers are there any examples or maybe just one example because i'm sure you you have a few but where you actually are building that trust with relationship how does that happen yeah so i think kind of day to day you do it without realizing there's a couple of examples that i would love to share kind of to highlight i guess the the power of trust and 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 influence as well so 
in my previous role, we made a lot of uh, headway with things that, that previous colleagues didn't. Um, I was very influential in, in the case studies we got. I, I headed up a lot of initiatives. But in terms of product development, there was one kind of example that really stood out. And we were building up our relationship with the, with the customer. And I was the source of information for them. They didn't really have many other points of contact apart from me. And of course, I listened to them. I was, I was the voice of the customer. And as we were talking, I kind of really related to their situation about a particular thing. So the platform that we used to have only had male and female as, as gender options. And through my regular meetings, we were talking about ideas and suggestions. And they discussed a situation where they were very hesitant to add new users to the system because, of course, the new user would need to go in and, and kind of fill in their details. And they were, were hesitant for that to happen in case people um, were put off or, or offended that there's only kind of male or female. So they actually discussed this situation with me and I took that away as an idea. And they kind of trusted me, I guess, to be able to advocate for them. So they were opening up about a, a personal situation. I mean, it's it's obviously everywhere now. I mean, LinkedIn have gender pronouns and Instagram changed as well. But at the time, they, they kind of were, were opening up about something and trusting me that not only will I listen to that information, but I will obviously take that seriously and, 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 and take that away. And I did. I passed that back. And we had a conversation with the product team, the head of product. And after we kind of reviewed it and discussed it, I put across my views and I said kind of we need to kind of get with other applications. This is something that people are asking for. And again, because I had the trust internally as well that this wasn't just any other idea, because, of course, there's always feature suggestions and stuff. This was kind of something that, that, that could help people's experience. We actually reviewed it and approved it and it made the product release that month within two weeks. And that was a direct kind of influence. So from a customer conversation, they've obviously resolved a situation because they trusted me with the information, but also then we kind of helped other people. And I guess in this role, I mean, I've got lots of examples. I've only actually been in this this current role for um, six months. I joined mid-August last year. But I've joined the business um, with the customers already being established for a number of years in, in some case six seven years but customer success for for the particular product that I look after is new so I've had to introduce myself as a as a CSM but also introduce what customer success is and really try and very quickly build up that relationship and that trust and there's a number of customers that have kind of instantly started divulging information and they've told me suggestions or challenges or even better goals because obviously that's something that I can work off because of the way that I represent myself and and a few key things stand out I had a kickoff with with a customer who's been with us for nearly 20 years they've transitioned over a few uh, businesses and stuff so probably in the last five years they've they've been really well established they met me for about 20 minutes and at the end of the call well, towards the end of the call, because it was, it was an hour meeting, but but within about 20 minutes, we started talking. And because of how I ran that meeting and how I presented what customer success is, we instantly built a rapport. And they started trusting me with a lot of information about their business 
and challenges that they have with their end users and the culture within the business. And we established kind of ways that I, as a CSM with the application that we have, can possibly help with their with their issues. And the other example is is a few of the customers that I've dealt with as well that possibly uh, have some observations, suggestions, frustrations, whatever it may be. And because I'm now here in this role and they're having somebody that listens to them, the feedback is amazing. People are saying, I wish you were here uh, a couple of years ago. I'm so glad that you're in this role. Um, and we're building up a really kind of instant connection just because of the way that I've put myself across and, and been honest with them and kind of explained what the situation is and, and ultimately taking time to listen to them. So so yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a story around trust. Absolutely. Sometimes customers will be talking to different stakeholders at a company like this. They will start with sales, then moving maybe to that onboarding specialist and maybe to that customer success manager. Maybe they will still have an account manager. I'm thinking what you said, like it is building that trust. You listened to that pain points, or even if it can be a suggestion, even that they might have for a product, for a platform, and actually how they can even build that together with your product team in that case. Absolutely. I think listening is one of the most important things because what I like to do, and I've done lots of different things in in the last four years, you touched upon renewals there. Funnily enough, in in my last role, uh, the CSMs were actually responsible for the renewals, which is slightly different to what, what I'm used to. I'm not in any way commercially focused. So that was quite challenging for me to have those conversations. But I did it and I, and I did it for 18 months and I, mean, I did it quite well. But but again, my approach was never to, to hard sell or convince them to carry on. My approach was to, to work with them across the year so that they can see the value in what they're getting and, and obviously have that conversation. And listening, I think, is the most important thing because now when I'm meeting customers now, the things that they're saying is valuable for how I can shape the customer journey. Because one of the things I'm always conscious about is that I want to get the most out of our health checks. Some customers have them quarterly or monthly, but I don't want this just to be kind of a, a self-led thing. It's their meeting at the end of the day, and I want to hear their their views and their feedback. But I also want to make sure that we're getting something out of that meeting. And I think the other thing is that across the, the customer journey and across that that life cycle, if you can have key moments where you can challenge or you can represent the customer or you can express their goals, it doesn't have to be every time, but those moments, you then have more of an influence on the business. You, you have a, a way of, of describing that. And I think to sum that up, one of the things that I say to all my customers when I, whenever I meet them at kickoff and we're describing my role, I always say that I am your champion within the business to help you get the most out of the service and the platform. I also then go on to say, with me in this role, you've now got a seat at the table because I have a seat at the table. And now your voice can be heard. And as cliche as that sounds, the voice of the customer. If I don't listen, then we can't express that. And it's how you actively listen. Now, we haven't got time <laughs> to, to go into that. But active listening is a completely different kind of skill in itself and an and actual way of, of, 
handling conversations. But it's the times that, that people don't expect. And that's professional and personal. So personal, for example, I want to know what the customer's doing, how they're interacting with their staff, what their kind of day-to-day is. But I also care about them as people and about businesses and, and what their goals are. So I will try and pick up on key bits of information. And then next time I meet them, I might say, oh, hi, how was your, your daughter's birthday? Or, or how did you, did you manage to get to the wedding in time? and you weren't disrupted by travel or or whatever, because I've listened to part of their conversation. And you can tell they really, really appreciate it because people don't tend to listen. But also professionally, when you're starting to suggest things or escalation management is key, um, I do a lot of that and, and coordinate internal resources. The customer sometimes doesn't even know that the outcome that they've got is from that. And then they realize, ah. Oh, yeah, I, I did mention something or I was describing a situation and Ryan's picked up on a specific thing that he's now then gone to kind of feed that back subliminally as well as directly. That makes sense. Something that, Ryan, that I like to ask all of my guests, and I'm sure you have many to share. What's in your toolbox? What mobile or web app you cannot live without? And it can be work-related and not work-related. Yeah, so, I mean... You are right. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a couple that I think without them, I would be be lost in the world of CS. One of them is LinkedIn. And I know we, we've kind of said a, f- a few things today, but LinkedIn is massive. I, I didn't have it two years ago. I was I was kind of new to it when I, when I joined the role previous to why I'm in. But this is a great way for me to interact with customers. I can see what they're up to and, and moving departments or moving roles, key stakeholders. I can see their news. So, so if you remember what I said before about understanding that customer at a deep level, well, using LinkedIn, I can see what they post. I follow all the customers that I, I deal with. But also CSMs, the community, people such as yourself that are doing fantastic uh, podcasts like this and and sharing insights and and giving people like myself a platform linkedin is a massive community and actually for a csm it's it's a great one to have in your toolbox and the other one that i would be completely lost without is calendly and i've now used this for about two or three years but i manage my entire customer facing schedule with calendly yes you can have a paid version but i mean for the last two years i've had the free version and it works fine you can brand it with your business colors and your logo. And it's just a, such a professional, clean and simple way to send a link, have it in your signature for people then to book. They can view your calendar. It, it kind of uh, links in with Outlook and stuff. And honestly, before that, the amount of emails where I'd be like, I'm free on X, Y, Z. And then you bullet point and then they come back to you three days later and you say, oh, actually, now that date's taken. And that whole kind of process, actually, when you think about what a CSM does in terms of the meetings and the touch points, it was just so difficult because you're you're constantly tripping up over yourself. So I genuinely would not be as efficient if I didn't use that piece of software. Yeah, I think that back and forth, it's not ideal <laughs> when you go back and forth with a customer just trying to schedule some time. Yeah, for sure. People will want to reach out to you. Uh, Ryan, what will be the best way for them to do that? 
Well, you can expect what I'm going to say, but LinkedIn is, is the best. I'm always there. Feel free to to connect. I'm always happy for a chat. I am genuinely interested in what other people do and always kind of about for a virtual coffee if people want to share ideas or, or ask a question and, and get my advice and stuff. But also to kind of see what I'm doing. I, I was honoured and, and really privileged to be featured back end of last year in a report of CSMs to watch out for in, in 2022. And there are a few other things that I've got. So yeah, definitely everything will be on, on LinkedIn and you can find all my other socials and, and links to my posts and stuff on there. But always happy for a chat. And, and hopefully, listeners, you, you, you've you got a little bit out of this. And if I've helped anybody or, or you've got something from it, then then look, I've, I've had a good evening. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you so much, Ryan, for your insights. It was great talking to you today. Thanks so much. Esse podcast foi editado por Aerolitos, edição inteligente.